morning before church ever began, there was a young man who gave his heart to the Lord and rededicated his life to the Lord this morning. So let's rejoice and let's give God praise and honor and glory for that this morning. Amen. We thank God for that. We rejoice with him today. Amen. Now, how many of you have ever said something that you instantaneously regretted? I have a list. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? You said something and you're like, mm, but you can't take it back. It's, it's out there, right? Or maybe you've heard someone else say something and you instantaneously regretted it for them. Anybody ever been there? You see, now I'm sure that if we were to stop and pause, just think for a moment this morning, we could probably all confess and admit that we have all been there. And the truth is, we've probably been on both sides of that coin, uh, wishing that we could take back something that we said, and at the same time, maybe uh, wishing that there were things that we could um, unhear, so to speak, if you would, this morning. As a pastor, uh, I hear lots of words, all right? Um, sometimes I hear statements, phrases, I have conversations, questions, opinions, concerns, and, and even criticism at times. And how many knows that's okay? Comes with the job, the territory, all right? And through that uh, process, the Lord has taught and is continually teaching me, all right? Let me stress the process of continually teaching me how to react and respond in an appropriate Christ-like, spirit-filled fashion. And uh, let me just briefly interject the fact that he is still working on me, all right? So uh, if I have ever offended you, I apologize. Uh, that's not an excuse. That's just that he's still working on me. How many are thankful that God is still working on you this morning, amen? Now, there are, again, words spoken to us or around us that... Sometimes they can roll off of us easy, just like water on a duck's back. They don't, they don't take any root at all in our life. They, they, don't, they don't stress us. They don't worry us. They, it's literally just kind of in one ear and out the other. But then there are some words that we have to kind of wade through them. We have to digest them. We have to process them. We have to flesh them out, so to speak. But then there are words that they stick with us. And I think primarily they stick with us for either a really positive reason or a really negative reason. Maybe they stick with us because, again, they're powerful, they're transformational, they're, they're challenging. Anybody ever had some of those words spoken to you? And they were powerful, they were challenging, they were transformational. You see, but sometimes maybe they stick with us because they're heartbreaking, they're gut-wrenching and spiritually disappointing. Anybody ever had those words? spoken this morning. You see, sometimes our words are, uh, for all intents and purposes, well-intentioned, but the fruit of them are sometimes quite the opposite. We do know and believe that the Word of God declares that life and death, blessing and cursing, bitter and sweet, uh, can all pass over our tongue, crawl over our lips, and reveal the true treasure of our heart. Now, knowing this, we should be extremely cautious with what we choose to store or reserve in our heart. Amen? Because how many knows as hard as we try sometimes to, to suppress those things, how many knows eventually they do come out? All right? Now, we're not going to dwell there this morning so you all can take a deep breath, exhale, and say thank you, Jesus. All right? 
But this past week, through several different, uh, very unrelated conversations with multiple people, I found myself uh, continually being drawn back to and kind of referencing one of those regrettable but unforgettable moments where you wish you could go back and unhear that well-intentioned yet less than inspirational word that was spoken once upon a time. How many know sometimes in life we learn what to do by watching the right thing? But how many know sometimes we learn what to do by watching the wrong thing? And we think, well, you know what? That I can easily see is what not to do or what not to say. But how many knows there's a lesson in that? This was kind of one of those uh, stories, if you will, because this phrase at its core, um, I have sadly heard many times over the course of my Christian life. And it can kind of just be summed up like this, all right? Well, all they have is Jesus. Well, all they have is Jesus. Now, let me please for a moment explain the context of such a statement. And to put it in, in clear terms for everybody this, this morning so there's no misunderstanding. Um, for instance, I had come back from a missions trip and was reporting on said missions trip. And, and giving the things that, that transpired on that trip, the projects that were done, the ministry that, was, uh, that transpired. And so the particular one that, that was coming to mind was uh, there was a young man who was deaf. And I watched him literally not be able to hear, to be prayed for, believing by faith that God was going to move a miracle in his life. And to watch the expression of his face change when he began to hear for the first time. And, and so I was relaying that, and I was relaying the response of the crowds and how uh, we had just hundreds of people who were coming to those services and surrendering their lives to Christ. And, and, uh, and, and so afterwards, I had a, a lovely saint of the Lord come up and say, well, you know, all they have is Jesus. That's why those things happen there, because all they have is Jesus. Do we believe that we have something more than Jesus this morning? Because the last I checked, I don't have anything more than Jesus this morning. Amen? What is it that would cause us to think or lead us to believe to any degree at all that we could possibly have something more than Jesus Christ this morning? Now, we are privileged to live in a country of freedom. Amen? And inside of that freedom, we do, in fact, have lots of blessings. We have lots of uh, opportunities, conveniences, and luxuries that large portions of the rest of the world um, do not have and probably will never be able to experience. In short, we are blessed. Amen? Inside of that freedom, we have the ability to, to, again, live under a democratic government. And even though sometimes it's a little squirrely, how many knows it's still a blessing this morning? You see, in this process, we have what is called freedom of religion. How many knows we all woke up this morning with no fear or doubt that we could come into the house of the Lord, give him glory, honor, and praise, and face absolutely no persecution whatsoever? You see, this morning, do we really believe that we have something more than Jesus you see, inside of the untold blessings that we have, I believe that the church very specifically has maybe become a little comfortable. And for some, that comfort has caused them to 
become complacent. For others, it has drawn them to a place of even contempt, while there are some yet who have gone further to the extreme of spiritual death because they are no longer aware of where every good and perfect gift comes from this morning. Somehow we have forgotten our strength and our source, that is Jesus Christ. So again, how does that happen? How can blessings become a downward spiral to the point of potential spiritual death? Again, I think that it's simple this morning. I think this begins to happen when the blessings become more important than the blesser. And if we're not careful, how many knows we can end up in that very place? You see, the place where what happens is we're more concerned about seeking the comforts of life than the comforter of life. What happens is we become more wrapped up in the importance of the gift instead of the giver, or again, the favor instead of the father. But how many knows this morning, we don't have anything more than Jesus this morning. That's not to say that we aren't blessed, because I believe that we are blessed. And even those who would live inside of the realm of what we would deem poverty this morning within the American border, how many knows that is so much more than what most of the world lives with every single day? We kind of see this pattern inside of the people of Israel. God brings them into covenant blessings, provision, protection, and even uh, seasons of surplus only for them to begin to focus more on what they have been given and how they could use what they've been given to their own advantage or in their own way as they slowly begin to drift away from the one who gave and made away. How many notice if we're not careful, the blessings that we have been given can become our spiritual death. So this morning we have, again, some things to think about. Because if our attention is taken away or refocused on the product instead of the producer, we will always find ourselves entertaining and or operating in the mindset that we have something other than, more than, or in addition to Jesus. And can I tell you this morning, no matter how we may be set up this morning, we have nothing more than Jesus this morning. I believe that is a dangerous place to be, to think or believe that the word of God, the spirit of God, the power of God moves in greater measure or degree because a person or people group have less than what we have available to us in the natural. Or the fact that we don't need that level of the word of God, the spirit of God, or the power of God because we have other resources. How many knows that's dangerous to think and believe and to live inside, amen? This morning, God is unchanging. He is no respecter of persons. What he will do for you this morning, he will do for me. What he will do for someone living in South Sudan in the slums, he will do for someone living in the highest penthouse in America today, amen? You see, because God is not bound by geography, genealogy, or economics, God is God and he is good. And how many are thankful for that this morning? Well, let me say this, because this is not in my notes. But we have to remember that God expect those he blessed, he expected great things from. If you are misusing or misappropriating your blessing and you are not using it for the glorification of his name and for the expansion of the kingdom of God, shame on you this morning. That was an amen, you just didn't know it. Thank you, Miss Lynn. The veil has been torn this morning. Amen? 
The veil has been torn, and because it has been torn, every single Christ follower, regardless, again, of where they may be or who they may be, male or female, makes no difference. We all have the same access and advantages within the kingdom of God. This morning, we are all joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We all share his name. We've been given his authority and power. We are all covered by his blood, and we all have the same opportunity to be filled, anointed, and empowered by his Holy Spirit. So often it seems like the blessings, the conveniences, advantages, the luxuries blind us and distract us from truly living in the abundant life that we have in Jesus Christ because somehow we think that we have something more. We have to be able to properly balance the blessings so that we never lose sight of the blesser. Because how many know the blessings can vanish as quickly as they came? And that's not because God is bad. God is good. He is love. He is always those things. But how many knows we live in a fallen, broken world? We have to know Understand and then live out the very fact that when it is all said and done, what we have now and all that we may have for all of eternity is only found in Jesus Christ. Anything that is outside of him, how many knows it's corruptible? It's temporal. It will perish. Amen? David said it this way in Psalm 73 and verse 25, he said, whom have I in heaven but you? I desire uh, you more than anything on earth. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. This was a man whom God, yes, had appointed, but God had also blessed. David was not struggling in way of, of economics. There was no issue of wealth or, or finances or, or food or things of the natural. He was the king. He had everything. But yet in all of that which he had access to, he said, God, whom have I in heaven but you? You see, he knew that those things were all menial and that were temporal compared to his everlasting uh, omnipotence this morning. Peter declared to Jesus himself in John 6 and 68, but Lord, where would we go? No one but you gives us the revelation of eternal life. Lord, where else would we go? What other source, what other strength, what else could we try to draw from that would give us what you can give us? Only you can give us the revelation of eternal life. You see, I think we need to come back to the fact that there is no amount of acquired and or accumulated wealth that can resource and provide like Jesus can. Now, do we need to be good stewards and manage what God has given us? Yes, absolutely. But how many knows he is the provider, Jehovah Jireh, amen? You see, there is no physician that can heal like Jesus. There's no psychologist who can set free and deliver like Jesus. There is no political party or politician that can save, unify, and lead like Jesus can this morning. He's still top dog, amen? You see, my hope this morning is not in a program, it's not in a place, a position, a preacher, a pastor, a prophet, or any other person except Jesus Christ, my risen Lord and Savior this morning. And I hope that goes for you as well today. 
Hebrews chapter 6, 19 and 20 says, We have this certain hope, like a strong, unbreakable anchor, holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat, which is in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. Verse 20, where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone in before us. He is now and forever our royal priest like Melchizedek. I'm here thankful this morning that we have an anchor of hope this morning. And that anchor of hope is unshakable. It's unbreakable. It is forever eternal through Jesus Christ. You see, the hope that we have in him is absolutely dependable. Do we believe that this morning? Because that's what this word declares. That our hope that we have, that he as our anchor, is again absolutely dependable. That he is guaranteed support. That he is solid footing, worthy of our full confidence. You see, and sometimes I think that's where we falter. Because we have allowed our confidence to be fractioned or portioned out to the blessings and the resources that we have. And so we look to those things and we give them portions of what actually belongs to God. Because he is worthy of our full confidence this morning. Amen. Because it is that faith that stabilizes us and enables us to stand firm and immovable through every season and circumstance of life. Rich or poor. Sickness and in health. Amen. No matter where we're at, we need to make sure that our full confidence is anchored in Jesus Christ and him alone this morning. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 goes on to say this. Celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown us his extravagant mercy. For his fountain of mercy has given us a new life. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. How many have been reborn this morning? You see, we've been reborn and not just reborn for the sake of being reborn. It says that we've been reborn to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This this hope is active. It's enduring. It's exerting things. The word declares that this hope is actually exerting power into our lives We see that kind of reflected and referenced in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Because it declares this, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. How many believe this morning that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells in us today? You see, he is this morning our complete source. He is our complete hope this morning. What more could we possibly ever have or need that is outside of Jesus Christ? Now, am I saying go home and get rid of everything? No. I want to go home today and I want to sit down on my couch That is soft and nice. I don't want to have to go home and and sit on the floor. The couch is nice, right? Now you guys are scared. You're like, this is a trick question. It's not a trick question. How many knows that blessings are nice? They're good. Luxury is nice. 
But how many knows that we can't put those things in front of the true source of those things? You see, everything and everyone outside of Jesus Christ is limited and temporal at best. That's at its best. But what is built on him this morning, what is built on the rock, the foundation of Jesus Christ, is forever unshakable, incorruptible, and eternal. How many knows if we're going to put stock in anything or in anyone, it needs to be Jesus Christ this morning. Amen? You see, it seems like there are times when the church chooses to operate with a lesser measure of faith than what has actually been deposited within us because we have deemed or reasoned ourselves or some other resource more available, more accessible, or more able than God. Now again, it's not that we've said that out loud, but it's that that is how we have chosen to act. It's not that we're ever like, hey, I believe that my 401k is going to provide more for me than the Lord will. We've never said that, but we're trusting that more than we're trusting the Lord to come through. Now, I want to be careful here because this is not meant to bring any form of guilt, shame, or condemnation. This is meant to challenge us this morning. And as a matter of fact, as I'll explain after I read a few things, the Lord challenged me this morning personally. You see... Why believe for healing when we can just have surgery? It's easier, right? Why tarry in prayer when it's easier to go pick up a prescription? Why intercede for a need when we can just get local or governmental assistance? Now again, I believe that all of those things are actually of God. I believe that today God has given wisdom to medical professionals. And we need them. We absolutely, undeniably need them, especially in the mess that we're in today. And without them, I would, I would be really messed up this morning because I had one wonderful surgeon and surgical team put this rest back together, and I had another one put this elbow back together. So if they weren't resources for me, I would kind of, I'd be real out of sorts this morning. For the last decade... I have taken a little omeprazole pill every single day, except for the days I forget. <laughs> and I have just, I was thinking about this this morning. I'm like, God, this seems kind of harsh. I don't want people to think that I'm really just against these things. I'm not against these things. I believe that there are resources. And God said, well, what about your GERD? Y'all know what GERD is? Gastroesophageal reflux disease. It sounds real bad. It's not. I mean, it can be, but mine's not. I take a little pill, and again, I have for the last decade, and that kind of keeps that under control. They believe it in my family to be relatively, uh, I guess, hereditary. My grandfather uh, suffered from it. My uncle suffers from it. And so I literally, in my mind, said, it's hereditary. I'll take a pill. The pill gets me through it. Can I tell you that in a decade of taking those pills, I never once asked God to heal me from GERD. And he lovingly reminded me of that this morning. Never once in a decade until this morning when he reminded me, I have never once asked God to heal my GERD. I said, Grandpa had it, uncle's got it. I got some siblings that deal with it. I'm like, it's just what we do. I take a pill. It's fine. But how many knows Jesus gave so much 
Leprazole. You see, my point is, sometimes we do just like I did. And we take what's a modern convenience instead of seeking Christ. If you would stand with me this morning. Whether we know it or believe it this morning, regardless of what we have or what we don't have, the truth of the matter all boils down to the simple statement that all we have is Jesus. This morning, all we really have is Jesus. And the great thing about that is he is always more than enough. Amen. What did we just sing this morning, all right? That with nothing, I still have everything. Is that a song or is that a statement of faith? Because I'll be honest with you, I love that song. And we'll sing it here on a Sunday morning and it'll be stuck in my heart and in my head all week. And I believe that he is my all-sufficient source. But yet I've never gone to him for a problem I've dealt with my entire life. I can remember having to start chewing handfuls of tongues at the age of seven. And can I tell you that I've never taken that before the Lord until this morning. You see, what is it that we're just taking a, a modern convenience instead of applying the message of Jesus Christ to? I want us to make sure this morning that this isn't just something that we know in theory, but that it becomes something that we put in application and action as we consistently strive to stay focused on the blesser more than the blessings, on the one who truly is our resource and not the resources that he has given us. Because I believe that God is ready and willing to pour out his spirit to usher in a new season of repentance and reconciliation and refreshment and revival over our lives. A season of deeper understanding and revelation of his word. A season where the divine, the supernatural and miraculous are actively at work. So let's not miss what God is about to do because we have become comfortable and inactive with where we are and what we currently have. Because we can kind of hold our ticket to glory, stick our head in the sands, and just buy our time. I guess that's, a, I guess that's an option. I guess that could be a method that we choose this morning. But I think that seems to, I don't know that that's the good way out. I believe God has more. I believe we're to experience and encounter more. And I believe that when everything is said and done, he is to be our first and foremost. You may have to take omeprazole, but let's pray first. Whom have I in heaven but you? Lord, where would we go? No one but you gives revelation of eternal life. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. For his miraculous power constantly energizes you. This morning, all we have is Jesus. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you how 
it challenges. God, I thank you for challenging me this morning. So Holy Spirit, I pray that as we're here in your presence, we have just gleaned from your word. I pray that we would take this and apply it appropriately to our lives. That where we would naturally want to be offended, we would not look for offense, but God, we would look for an opportunity to truly let all of our faith and confidence rest fully in you first and foremost for everything. God, again, I thank you for medical professionals. God, I thank you for medicine. God, I thank you for local to governmental things that help resource families. God, I believe you have helped uh, institute those very things. But God, don't allow those things to blind us and cause us to think or believe for a moment that we have something outside of who you are. God, help us to understand that, Lord, you are more than enough. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. This morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to come and surrender your life to him. Maybe you've just been far off and you know that you haven't really been living inside of the right relationship that you need to with him and and you just want to come home. That's great. We encourage you to do that this morning. Maybe this morning the Lord began to speak to your heart as the word was coming forth and there's that thing that maybe you need to deal with between you and the Holy Spirit. Maybe there's that person, that thing, that situation that now that you think about it, you've never taken it to the Lord in prayer. You've never once asked for God's help in that situation. I want to encourage you this morning to step out in faith with full confidence in who he is and surrender that thing to him in prayer this morning. If you need prayer of agreement, prayer for healing, anything of that nature, as they sing, we want you to come forward this morning. Take this time. Take advantage of this moment and pour your heart out before the Lord this morning. If that's you, we want you to come. Find a place. Pray this morning.